Poison Rana. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Poison Rana. You found us on whatever podcast app you use, and we are live. Where are we live, Davey? Good, sir. We are live on YouTube.com slash at Poison Rana pod slash at. It's still so awkward to me, but yeah, yes, that's at, where we are. Yeah, very strange, the YouTube ads. But yeah, welcome. Uh, we are the BDE. We are Poison Rana. We're going to chat all about some some wrestling, but uh, we got some hot topics to discuss, and we are not alone in discussing these topics because today we have ourselves a guest on our show. We do indeed. Xenia, <laughs> hello. hello. Welcome to Poison me. Rana. Hello. How are you doing? Great to be here. I'm doing so well. How are you guys? <laughs> So uh, what's this whole connection? We we got uh, connected through our friend and good sir, Mr. John Sino, who I think sees you at a bunch of wrestling shows and, and whatnot. Uh, possibly. <laughs> I got messaged by John telling me that I could do something with you guys and that you would be glad to have me. So Excellent. I, I am mean, here. <laughs> I mean, we uh, we do mostly uh, what well, we do up next every Tuesday talking about NXT. And this week we talked about a, a match that happened. And then the next day, the the kind of the, the real story behind that kind of broke and the, the the story is the Manny Rose thing with WWE, and we're definitely going to be talking about it. But me and Davey, we're just two dudes who uh, do these shows. And we thought that I think a specific topic like this today uh, couldn't just be two dudes talking about it. So we definitely uh, thank you for, for coming on here and, and joining in on this conversation, because I feel like uh, we, we couldn't do it justice. Uh, <laughs> discussing this whole thing and uh i mean the the story kind of jumping into it if we if we can is 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 pretty is pretty big and pretty crazy we we do nxt reviews every week and this tuesday when the the title match was just instantly shifted to this show and added to the show instead of just in a few weeks that it was kind of promoted uh a lot of fans kind of instantly were like something's going on and then the next day the story breaking that WWE has come to the release of Manny Rose, it sent kind of shockwaves through the the, the wrestling community and and especially everybody on the, the internet wrestling community and has a lot of people talking and a lot of people's different takes and opinions and stuff. And um, that's, that's what we kind of want to talk about here today. And um, what are some opinions on, on this kind of story? Because uh, it seems as if well reported that, because of uh, an online fan account or a personal website where she gives out uh, content, including uh, like, you know, uh, what nude content, I guess you could call it that I wouldn't I would not call this pornography whatsoever. In my opinion, it's, it's more to me like an OnlyFans or something like that. Um, and and now instantly WWE using that as the reason to instantly cut ties with her. Uh, what the hell? What the hell's going on? Yeah, first of all, I commend you guys for realizing that you need a female voice on this topic. I wish more people would do that because a lot of the times in wrestling, we just have a bunch of dudes talking about <laughs> women things, which, which is not always very accurate or, um, you know, or backed by actual life experiences. Um, with the Mandy Rose thing, I actually had my one of my tweets go like semi semi viral right after Fightful reported on the release, uh, and I said that 
this is the same company that, according to Athena, who mentioned it in an interview with Chris Van Villet, uh, wanted her to present more sexual like Mandy Rose. So we had an actual name drop. We had other female wrestlers being told that this is what they have to be like. And now we have Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose possibly being punished for this exact thing. So people also did say in the comments that it was a different management back then. It was a different time, which they say it like it was 20 years ago. It was not. It was pretty recent, actually. Mm. Um, but to me, it is a paradox and it is unfair. But thing with this problem is that it's actually very, very layered. And a lot of the arguments that people make that might seem contradictory are both fair. So when we go into, oh, why is this woman being punished for creating this premium content, quote unquote, right? And people say, oh, it's because in her contract, it's mentioned that she's not allowed to make money off content outside of it. But then we have other insiders. And again, I'm basing this off of reports that I saw. We don't know what actually happened on the inside, but there's other reports that the company actually knew about the website and it was, you know, green light. They knew about it, but then suddenly they decided that the content is getting too racy and that's when they decided to take measures and the snowball just keeps going it's like oh this thing but also this other thing yeah there seems to be a lot of kind of contradictory stuff because there was the whole kind of twitch gate stuff uh yeah. a couple of years ago with selena vega obviously getting her release for uh for not stopping her Twitch account. And that seems to be something within kind of the new regime that has been relaxed. We have seen uh, more people kind of pushing their Twitch and their outside content. And by all accounts, it does seem like people uh, within WWE knew about Mandy Rose's um, account. Uh, by all accounts, she's making a uh, quite a bit of money from it. Quite a um, bit. Which, yeah... Uh, which you would think maybe uh, in the past we've seen WWE kind of wanting to get their hands in there. But it seems to be like since some of this content got uh, leaked publicly um, that this release has come about when the these kind of images have been a bit become a bit more racy and have been released online. And I don't know, there's that whole thing about, you know, oh, well, sponsors and and kids potentially seeing this or whatever but that that isn't a reason to punish her like that is theft that is piracy wh whatever you want to call it that is a crime against mandy rose it, in a way no different from the um from the page case a few years ago where where page had something okay that was private between sort of her and a boyfriend but this is somewhat private between you and your paying customer so it does seem uh, a complete double standard, especially as you brought up the the kind of edict for the women in NXT to dress like sexier, racier, which is I don't think is has changed at all since the new management. We yeah. still see those shots when Toxic Attraction come out. We still see them FaceTime each other while they're sunbathing or whatever. Like nothing has changed there. The whole her whole promo videos for her her kind of title run has been. Like, I'm sexy, I'm good looking, but I can wrestle as well. So they haven't moved away from that at all. So There's a lot of things in there that are so contradictory, just like you mentioned. It's that, oh, 
she was making content, but it's quote unquote sexual content as opposed to Zelina's Twitch that she was allowed to keep and other wrestlers have YouTube channels. But then we have, and I don't want to name drop because I don't want to, I want to make it sound like I'm blaming someone, right? But there's female wrestlers on the main roster who actively sell similar content. Mm. Then we come to the point of, oh, but this one was, this website was too adult. But where does that come in? Like, what's the measure of a content becoming, piece of content becoming too adult? Because even on my tweet, I had someone comment that like, oh, Mandy Rose is making literal porn. And my question was, what do you mean by literal porn? And I guess some of the pictures that were leaked could be interpreted as that. But this is just us nitpicking at levels of someone's sexuality that they're comfortable expressing. And that's just really not our place to do, or for that matter, not the company's place to do. Because if we have several people doing similar types of content, you can't cherry pick what's good and what's not. And then the Mattel deal comes in because a big point in the story was not even the WWE contract, but that WWE has the agreement with Mattel, obviously, to produce toys that we all knew and know and love. Um, and Mattel largely caters to kids so that we can't have someone producing sexual content on the internet. But then again, like you said, it was appropriately paywalled. It was appropriately age-restricted and it was stolen. So, yes, how is it different from Paige's scandal? How is it different from Seth Rollins? How is it different from Matt Riddle? To me, it really is not. <laughs> I will say, like, I, I, I do agree with that. I will say that if you are putting something out there that, like, there is a way bigger chance of that happening. I know there's there's looks of people, like, on social media that it looks like some people who were either actually leaking this stuff or finding the leaks and then posting it and basically adding Mandy Rose or tagging and like blatantly taking this, like, you know, this content is behind a paywall and blatantly putting it out there. There was people tweeting her being like, uh, Venmo me money, or I won't take this down on like tweets at replies to her posts that have nothing to do with that. That is like totally, totally like wrong. And, and definitely, and it seems that this became a story because of that. Like if it it seems like they were fine with all of this stuff until someone went, well, actually, did you see what some of these photos were? And then they looked at it and they went, Ooh, maybe we couldn't, we can't maybe back this. If it's looking, if some people do think that like, Hey, this is kind of porn. I, I, I I don't think it would be considered that considering it's just like probably photos that she's posting again for a paywall for a content creating service and 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 for them to say oh actually you can twitch then they should people should be allowed to also create and do whatever else content like you like you said cherry picking they shouldn't be allowed to just be like well you can do twitch and you can go sell other merchandise or create other stuff using your wwe affiliated name then then people should also be allowed to do this what i think is like the unfortunate part of this is someone obviously decided to leak this but then to go into it even further that someone has now like lost their job because of this there is definitely like you could see obviously two two sides looking at it but i still see it as as like this person was was found a side hustle that was working that's probably working more more now i i know that since being released she has put out a statement and ending the statement with like hey the site's still up and it went from uh, like a 25 yeah, the price, to, yeah good for her <laughs> get that fucking cash but I'm, then I'm, you've got awesome 
You've got, on the other hand, on the main roster, your main event act, the hottest thing in wrestling right now, the bloodline, when there's a video out there of Jimmy Uso, intoxicated, driving, and the statement was basically, these are independent contractors, what Jimmy Uso does in his own time is up to Jimmy Uso. And that's, you know, that's not behind a paywall. That's for anyone to access and see. And that's actively harmful as opposed to an OnlyFans. (laughs) Instead of just a body. Like, who is... It's a consensual pictures that isn't harming anyone. And if you're worried about kids seeing it, well, parents, you know, parent blocks. Like, watch what your kids look at on the internet. And it's it's such a double standard where I think if if this was a, a case when say the Zelina Vega thing happened and it was just a flat note, you're you work for WWE, you do not produce outside content, and we've had a word about this. Here's your warning. Okay. I I'd I'd be a bit more understanding, but I just think there's there's so many holes in this and so many double standards that um like it's yeah, and as you said, someone's lost their job over this. And by all means I I I'm sure she'll she'll be fine. <laughs> like I'm sure Mandy Rose will be financially okay coming out of this, but it, it just leaves uh, a really icky taste in your mouth, uh, especially when, I mean, we're going to move on in a second talking about Vince McMahon and then the double standards just scream even louder. I just want to mention one last thing, because to me, another layer of a problem with this and to me as a person, it might be even the biggest problem in this regard, is that on the one hand, uh, it is, you know, obviously a stigma that's around sex work, right? And that's exactly why Zelina's Twitch is doing perfectly fine and nothing is happening and this is blowing up. But also, even though I do feel like, obviously, sex work is work, we need to protect sex workers. But in the wrestling industry specifically, and especially lately, this past maybe three, four, five years, women have been actively encouraged, if not to say pushed, into sex work. It's just so expected. It's just so default. Like, if you're a woman in wrestling, not even a performer, like I'm also judging by my own experience, you're not even a performer, you're not even actively wrestling, you're just somewhere adjacent. And it's not even the question of when someone goes into your DMs or someone leaves a throwaway comment. It's not even, do you have an OnlyFans? It's what is your OnlyFans? Just because it's so widespread, which in itself is not a bad thing at all, but it is a bad thing that it's so expected, that it's so almost required out of women's wrestlers right now. And that's just such a disconnect of how, on the one hand, you are pushed to be sexual again going back to the Athena story you're pushed to have this kind of content but then you do like one one there's one misstep you you're working on actuals all the time there's one misstep and you're instantly punished for it and you're instantly shunned for it and that to me is the biggest problem with this how actively women are pushed into monetizing their sexuality but then the second it actually benefits them and not the company, not the fans, not the whoever or whatever else, then it's the problem. And that to me is the saddest part of the story. Absolutely. You're you're right. Like nail on the head there. I, I feel that. Like, look, I've watched wrestling since I was a young 
young boy and I, they promoted Playboy constantly. Every year yeah. there was different people, but they become, you know, more into kids. I totally, I see the, the other side of it because yeah, again, everyone's talking about, well, they have deals with toys, Mattel and stuff like that. How could you like the, crossing the line? But it was, it was the, the, the fact that it, this all happened when it was leaked. So that still makes it all so much more messier. You yeah. you don't think like her website, I'm, I'm sure says, Hey, you need to be 18 plus to look yeah. at this. This is behind a, a paywall. Of course, there's people who leak all these kinds of things on, online and the internet's a crazy wild, wild west still. But like the fact that now they're mad because we don't, we're not making a part of that pie, which I'm sure she's making a lot out of and, and, and good for her, especially now not being a part of WWE. If, if I was her, I would, I would, you know, she doesn't need to, to, to really wrestle, but to, to really like rub it in and get even, you know, more eyes on the, on the story. That's still a really hot story. Like show up somewhere else and make that your, like promote that, like, Hey, go follow me and, and stuff. They didn't let me do all this, but go follow me and, you know, see what I can do. Like, like take it and, and, and almost like, uh, like rub it in their faces that like, well, I can, I can go make a, a, a lot of, of money. And, and the, the fact that loses the title, next morning released it's just like whoa okay wwe still still gonna wwe uh with or without uh, something did smell fishy on tuesday didn't it, it just it how it quickly like, wait, like how long a reign this has been and we've seen them building up roxanne perez for this moment yeah. but it was suddenly like and that moment's happening right now it was like okay that's a a strange decision but yeah. became very clear the next morning yeah well well I think let's move on to a somewhat related subject uh, in Vince McMahon himself. Uh, a lot of Vince talk coming out this week with um, uh, the the Vince McMahon documentary, uh, the new Wall Street Journal article, and kind of rumblings that he's he's trying to come back to the oh company. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, uh, what did, what did, did you, you both get a chance to watch this documentary at all? I have not seen the documentary, but I read the article. And again, I feel like we as wrestling fans on the inside of the community just know these things already. And it's only when a mainstream outlet gets a hold of that. That's why that's one and that's why it's a big story. And that's also kind of sad, if we're honest, because wrestling even on the level of the fan community to this day has such a voice club mentality that we're just comfortable keeping it all in and we're just comfortable just shrugging it off. That's like, honestly, that's my main problem with uh, the aftermath of speaking out and with the way that almost every single one allegation stories handled. So many people, the majority of the community are just so willing to just shrug it off and just keep going and separate the art from the artist or whatever. But as we can see, the second it touches mainstream media, normal people are not that comfortable with separating art from this, that kind of artist. So honestly, I think for us as fans, it should be when those stories reach mainstream media, it should be a marker of how bad it actually gets sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, as wrestling fans, I mean, we 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 knew these kinds of stories and we're always like part of me watching this documentary was it was just a lot of rehash of what Dark Side of the Ring did. There was some new interviews, but there wasn't like, again, as a wrestling fan, if you follow this stuff pretty deeply and you get into it, 
you're kind of watching this like, ooh, I wonder if there's a chance they talk about, nope, okay, they didn't do that. Okay, well, th- maybe they'll talk about that. Nope, okay, they didn't do that. They're just going to talk about that other one again. It's like, there's there's probably, like, it's uh, the guy is not with WWE anymore. And now the, the, the story is, now he wants back in. Or now. Yeah, so like, <laughs> the, the whole fuck him thing is like, taken to a whole other level, because now it's like, the documentary made it seem of some some people they talked to, including you know um, Alvarez and Meltzer, who you know they're the, the 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 godfathers of this kind of stuff. They're making it seem like Vince is still running some stuff. You know, like the jokes of all us wrestling fans are like, yeah, well Triple H just opens up his texts from Vince and then says, okay, uh, Austin Theory is going to now do this. Like, there's there's jokes that he's still running things from not running things and like that's maybe that's more apparent with people thinking like hey as things are getting better they're still kind of the way they were but now that this guy even though there's there's more articles and there's all these stories out he still wants to come back and still thinks that he can be still part of this like machine where like the doc covers a lot of things but if you are non-hardcore like you said that once the mainstream like shows all these shady things then it's like definitely out there. So I don't think the comeback will be uh, a success for Vinnie Mac. No chance in hell. <laughs> I think that that's uh, that's definitely a popular opinion that he's actually running things still behind the yeah, scenes, right? I buy but it. we have to look at the facts in in a sense, right? So since he left, their shares grew fifteen percent. Since he left, people that he fired have been rehired. So. If he's still running some things, it doesn't mean that there wasn't a change. There there pretty obviously was a change. And honestly, I don't feel like it would be a good thing for him to come back. Another thing is that WWE as a company is refusing over and over repeatedly to comment on any of the allegations. And as a public, publicly traded company, there's only so long that they can refuse commenting on this. Like, mm-hmm. if there's going to be any legal action, if there's going to be any, uh, you know, anything to be paid financially, they would have to talk about it sooner or later. And that's when it's actually going to hit the fan, you know? Yeah, I, I felt that was the the biggest thing about the documentary because I, I didn't actually... I didn't think the quality of the doc was there, to be honest, as a, as a documentary itself. It was a lot of stuff from dark side and things but i feel maybe as someone watching it not knowing any of this having it all condensed into one thing and then ending with that stephanie like thank you vince thing you'd just be going what the fuck is this company (laughs) this is wild you're going back to like briefcases with jimmy snooker way back when to the owen hart thing to like to all these allegations and stuff. And yet we're like applauding him and you're seeing people in the crowd doing that, like that to someone completely outside of this world would just think he's absolutely nuts. But the the thing as someone watching it, who knows all this stuff that kind of, uh, kind of shouted out to me was Vince Russo pointing out that Vince has stayed so quiet through all of this, hasn't made a comment. Whereas all the rest of the time he's been quite like, uh, fighting back against anything any sort of allegation steroid trials and stuff he's like right let's get jerry mcdivitt let's go and fights these things where he's just stayed very quiet did that retirement tweet and yeah i mean i think it's he's he's majority shareholder there so in theory i i assume he could kind of 
if he wanted to potentially come back, but it's going to take your your sponsors and all that who've hopefully are aware of all these things to go like absolutely not if he's if he's there we ain't there as you said the the share prices have gone up dramatically since he left and the quality it, i think we have had a bit of a, a honeymoon yeah. period it's wwe is still nowhere near perfect but the quality has improved of the product and i i really it it would be such a detriment to this company at this point for for vince to come back to me, honestly, the craziest part was his last WWTV appearance because it was freshly after any of the like official allegations, official, again, mainstream media reports came out. And everyone tuned in because everyone was like, oh, my God, what is he going to say? And then he just didn't say anything. And to me, that's confidence. To me, that's cockiness. To me, that's him saying, I don't Welcome. actually care. Yeah. and. That's honestly, I don't know, maybe he's so confident that nothing's going to happen, that he's going to come clean out of this. Or maybe it's just that in this little wrestling world, he's perfectly aware of how people are. And he's perfectly aware that people who actually consume his product don't really care. And that's a way of pointing it out, which again, sad, but unfortunately, that's the reality. And like you said, we saw people in the crowd applauding him, doing the worship thing and all of that. And there could be two possible reasons to that. Reason number one is that Twitter is not real. <laughs> Internet is not real. <laughs> and people who actually come to shows in the flesh are very different people. And I never, I was never, you know, into that theory really until I actually went to a Raw in Jacksonville in Florida. And you know, we're actually, we live on the internet, we're terminally online, and we're not real people. Because <laughs> during the main event, that was exactly when people were speculating on when Cody Rhodes is going to come back to WWE. And the match was kind of stretching too long, and the guy behind me was like, someone's going to interfere, like, what's happening here? And I was like, maybe Cody Rhodes. And the guy goes like, who's that? <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe we are actually terminally online and people who go to shows you, are yeah. just blissfully unaware. You're but so right. Another option could literally be that they are those people you see on the internet who are like, no, I'm just going to separate art from the artist. Who are like, no, I need an actual trial to believe this. Who are like, innocent until proven guilty. We do see a lot of those people on those discussions as well. So they just might as well be those people. Or also... From the media standpoint, me doing media in wrestling, sometimes you just can't afford to jump to about whoever or whatever, just like, oh, this is an evil company. I'm going to withdraw support. I'm going to give zero support. I'm going to give zero flowers. Sometimes you can't do that because you have to report on things or because you're just so used to viewing this as the only or the better product that you consume and you have to make a more informed decision, I guess. So we really do not know, but the fact remains a fact that people in the building that night, and probably even more people around the world, didn't care. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, absolutely. Especially like I, I imagine you imagine you had tickets. I think it was the SmackDown, right? It was a Friday that he yeah. he came out, yes. right? The Together Forever Together thing. Um, I feel like imagine you were you were there. You were picturing him coming out and and cutting this promo or something. The the fact that they announced he was going to be on the show and then he does that. I feel like if I'm there 
everyone's going to be clapping and doing the bowing thing because it's like it's the funny thing to do but then you're like wait a second this guy's out here basically he didn't say fuck him on tv but the report is he said fuck him and that to me is exactly what he said without saying it by just basically like yeah i'm fucking vince mcmahon whatever like essentially it's the equivalent of rick rick flair at his last match making Mm -hmm. sure in his promo to say the things you heard about me are true he didn't need to say that in his promo but he decided didn't have to (laughs) the rick flair character person decided to do that and i feel like uh the the character when vince mcmahon created the character of mr mcmahon like he had a hard time separating yeah he had a hard time separating the art from the artist because they they became you know he became that person and it's just crazy because um imagine you're like new to wrestling in like the last i don't even five ten years whatever and you you read it you're reading your normal stories you're watching nxt and you hear about this whole mandy rose thing and you're like whoa that's crazy they fired her because she was posting like kind of these photos and stuff online but then in the same week you're watching this two-hour doc about all the crazy horrific shit vince mcmahon did and yet like that he's fine like that's it's you're like this is baffling this is so bizarre and it just feels so like not in a normal world but i guess that's where uh the world of wrestling is not a normal world but it's just so crazy like the spectrum of what what is okay but i mean it's vince mcmahon is not i don't think he will be coming back i still think he'll text triple h some ideas of what he should do and i'm sure triple h goes sure to that one and then goes absolutely not to some like i i do think he's still trying to get his paw prints on what's going on but i don't it's the whole sorry go for it (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Uh, another thing that really stood out to me in the article was that it's alleged that he has paid over the years over $12 million of hush money. And that really like that baffled me from a human perspective, right? Because how bad do you want to be a creep? Like, is mm. it worth <laughs> $12 million? $12 million. And it's just, it's wild because like you said, if you're just a normal, regular, non-wrestling fan person and you're reading all of this and you're watching documentary and all of this, in the back of your mind, you would just naturally go like, this is crazy. There's no way it's true. <laughs> so like, what kind of a world do we even live in? Because that's that not a, even playing a, a beneficial role in the whole story and the whole process because people are just going to look at this at us and just be like, there's no way that's real. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole money and power thing. Like you get that rich and powerful, like you get your kicks in different way. You're not a normal person at that point, you know? Um, it's no, it, it's fucked. And and for me, that that is the that is the damning evidence. The fact you've paid that, the fact there is proof that this has been paid, mm-hmm. it's 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 admission to guilt, isn't it? Because why else would you be paying? Like, what are you what are you paying for otherwise? Like, it's it's very much an admission to guilt. But I get that some people there's that uh, sausage analogy, you know, like people like sausages but don't really want to know what's actually in them. And there are oh some God, people that <laughs> there there are people that find out and then they're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go vegan or whatever. That's kind of fucked. Or there are people who are like, you know what? I'd rather not know. I enjoy them. They're great at breakfast. And people like wrestling, the the world is fucking hard enough as it is. And people have this as an escape. And going back to what you said about having like, you know, 
the Twitter people are not real people, like people like us podcasting, talking about it, uh, wanting to know everything. Uh, that's what interests us. And and we have that thing where we're like, uh, I feel you watch that uh, Vince doc or any dark side doc and you feel, man, I feel just dirty being a wrestling fan. But other people are like, this is what I do to switch off from work. This is what I do to switch off from my problems and do not want to know any of that stuff. And you can somewhat appreciate that. Um, but it's, yeah, well, uh, you, you can Vinnie Mac. Look, I mean, like, that's that's exactly why I love wrestling so much. A definite reason is like, that's my, like you said, uh, we have our, like, if you've been watching for escape. years, and yeah, yeah, it's your, your normal, like anyone who watches, you know, sports religiously like you know the time of week the time of this and and that's your like routine and and your escape of you know reality or whatever but wrestling like is so intricate and more of like an art form and can be funny and all this kind of stuff but when you when i think of escaping and uh, and how i'm such a big fan of it the part of me is like i'm so happy that vince mcmahon is gone because i haven't enjoyed it the way you know i had in in the past and and that where you then like kind of dive dive more into it but uh i i do i don't think we've seen the last of vince mcmahon but something tells me when i watched when i think back to wrestlemania this year when he took that god-awful stunner pro- probably the worst stunner in history but he the knew. way they edited it though for yeah. the video <laughs> package, right? those editors deserve an oscar like yeah, that was great. Brilliant. <laughs> Best stoner of all time when you watch the the edited version. Yeah. Something tells me he knew that this was his last WrestleMania. I think Lodeo. so. The the McAfee interview, the 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 final match, the he stunner knew. from Stone Cold, he kind of it felt like he knew. He knew. Um well let's move on to our next subject. Uh someone who kind of left the company around the time of uh a lot of these reports coming out was Sasha Banks. And there's been a lot of talks with the new regime about if and when she's coming back. You obviously had Survivor Series in Boston. They were teasing a fifth member for War Games. Kind of all, everything kind of pointed towards maybe a Sasha Banks return. But then reports have come out that she's struck a deal with New Japan on uh, one of the biggest deals ever and and some people chris jericho disputes it but uh, a bigger deal than <laughs> than jericho of a hundred thousand dollars per show um and the talk is that uh well she wanted the same money in wwe as uh becky lynch and charlotte flair and wwe were way off with their number um which to me is just it's just baffling like um Xenia, I'm I'm like a massive Sasha Banks fan, so I'm I'm gonna say give her all the money that she wants. Uh, I think she's a a huge star. But what what do you make of all this? I also say give her all the money that she wants, <laughs> and I am not even that much. Well, I wouldn't say I'm not that much of a fan, but I'm not, you know, explicitly a Sasha Banks fan. But I do think that she's exactly on the same level as Charlotte, exactly on the same level as whichever other big superstar in WWE. But then it comes to how do you judge this? Do you judge this from the inside or do you judge this from the outside? Because from the inside, she might not be as decorated. She might not appear in main events as often as, say, Charlotte does. But then from the outside, 
sounds like blasphemy when I say it, but she's so much bigger than Charlotte. She's so much more recognizable to, uh, again, a normal person, a non-wrestling fan, the mainstream viewer. She was in the Star Wars franchise. She's at all this events. She's at all this premieres. She's hanging out with all the celebrities. And might sound like the person just just having fun, which she is, but it's also about this presentation that she has with the public. She is a star. She has the star quality. And excuse my very flat analogy, but <laughs> Charlotte Flair is John Cena in this scenario, and Sasha Banks is The Rock. And maybe to us, wrestling fans, John Cena is the ultimate, the guy, the legend, but if you were to, like, wrestling fans on the internet usually like to say that. Like, if you were to ask someone at the grocery store, if you were to ask someone walking down the street, The Rock is more recognizable. And I do think Sasha Banks is on that path. And for some time after she left, a lot of people thought that she'd be leaving wrestling behind completely and just going the movie star route, which I do think she's bound to do that eventually. But while she's still young, she's still in her physical athletic prime. It's only fair that she wrestles more. And with New Japan, especially, I've been talking for years, again, love New Japan, this is the disclaimer, but I've been talking for years about how horribly underrepresented women are in that company. Like, we've only had, like, what, two female managers throughout these past, like, at least five years, and Mm. there's no women's division at all. And some people like to excuse it was, oh, that's just the format of the company or that's just their culture. But I personally do feel like in the 21st century, in the year 2022, it's impossible for a modern, marketable, successful wrestling company to keep running without a women's division. That's just unthinkable to me. So Sasha striking that deal and bringing more eyes to the product is just perfect for them and, and for her. So good for her <laughs> yeah she's got to be like the, the a perfect like link there like you mentioned that she's done like the the stuff outside wwe she's she's on the path to be the one that people recognize outside of wrestling like she's featured in in so many different things she's she's gonna be in more movies more star wars i'm sure so like just continuing on that path basically the stories of her saying like well i i want you know f you pay me is essentially what you know it is doing this i think it's like almost like a perfect pairing because you're right new japan hasn't had that i mean god bless the bunny in new japan but like they need to they need to do a lot more and this kind of bringing that in you know right kind of at the right moment the right time could be like big deal for them and uh you know being you know kind of smarky wrestling fans if you follow sasha it seems like she's someone who yeah she loves hollywood and all that stuff but like loves wrestling and would post about you know japanese wrestling and stardom and all that stuff and goes overseas and trains and and stuff like that so the fan like the wrestling fan is like okay like this should be this should be nuts booker is you know a main event in in like the tokyo dome in the future like that is the perfect star that you could like create this whole like universe and gain so many more fans and stuff the fact that she like you know walked out of wwe as as we're all like kind of assuming and, and it leads to believe that way makes her like almost like the the then like the cm punk equivalent because now she's like the the anti-hero the rebel that we like want to like get behind but then like she does have the like star power of like not you know she's not she's not the rocker john cena yet but again like she she's on the right path i i would would say just because she was amazing in the Mandalorian and she is, you know, 
better than Charlotte, in my opinion. I I like her her matches. You know, the fact that you had that match like just maybe over a year ago with Bianca and Sasha making headlines everywhere, ESPN talking about it, and they still managed to like fumble Sasha Banks in the in the last year or so. I know you're giving the, the spotlight to other people and stuff, but it, it it does baffle me that there wasn't a, a way to bring her back, especially with Triple H running the ship. But as a fan, I'm so excited to see where they can they can go with this. Whether we get the matches with Kyrie or uh, what Julia over there, like all these different Mayu, yeah. yeah. There's so many like different avenues, right? And for someone who doesn't know any of these people or doesn't watch New Japan, like it's a great reason for you to check in and kind of comparing it to the the Chris Jericho going over there like that did fucking business people watch new japan now because of that right like it'll do the same thing but now with like women they don't they they haven't had women and now like Sasha Banks kind of leading that charge like i think that's uh i think that's pretty rad and i'm i'm like strapped in as a fan just like can't wait to watch and consume all of it and again i hope they they like one. I hope one day she does like main event, like a Tokyo Dome or something like that. Cause I, I see her um, having the uh, ability to do so. I want to bring up uh, something Frank in the chats put, um, which is that uh, Sasha tends to walk off when she doesn't get her way. I think that's a big reason why they're not willing to overpay. Becky has not done those things too, uh, to be fair to her, um, which kind of brings that. It's been resurfacing things Sasha said in the uh, Austin podcast about uh, knowing your worth. And she's had a time of being grateful and happy to be there. And it, it's, again, these contradictory things. You hear Vince McMahon talking about re- reaching for the brass ring. But then whenever you see someone try to do that, it feels like they're kind of held down. Um, I, I think it was a statement. I think... I mean, as you said, Becky had that match with Sasha. Many people point to the, uh, sorry, the the sorry, Sasha had the match with Bianca. Yeah, and many people point to the the Brooklyn match with Bailey as a Go. huge kind of moment in women's wrestling. Yeah, interesting. Both these matches I'm talking about do not involve Becky Lynch or Charlotte Flair, um, and that's not to undermine their accomplishments, but just these massive moments Sasha Banks had with wrestling and raising the game for women's wrestling um then goes off and does like the mandalorian which is not promoted by wwe at all which was weird um i i think i personally i can't see sasha doing the aew thing because when i think about matches she'd have i can't say there are many dream matches really but i can totally see sasha over the next year raising her stock Having those dream matches in New in New Japan in Stardom with Kyrie, with Julia, with Suri, with Mayu, and maybe doing more Hollywood, and then coming back to you know one of those sweet part time deals where she's doing those main events and stuff. I do see her in back in WWE eventually, and I do see her being paid a lot more uh, <laughs> down the line. Um, it's just it's just baffling how how you can't see that worth. You, you're going to bring back. A carrion cross and a, a Dexter Loomis, but you're not going to open your checkbook. Don't for a send Sasha a carrion cross or Dexter Loomis on my watch. <laughs> Those are the favorites. Okay. I like them. I do. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I what? think the problem that WWE has with Sasha is 
at its core kind of the same punk problem, but like not as exacerbated, but still WWE just doesn't do with big personalities in a way. And, you know, might be contradictory again, because obviously all the big stars are by default big personalities, but it's different being a big personality on the ring for the company and being a big personality for yourself. And like you said, for her own worth, for her own career, because from what I've seen again, from documentaries, from reports, say John Cena is the WWE guy, just through and through the kind of person that they're looking for. Perfectly professional, again, knows his worth, but is doing everything for the company, for the boss even. Undertaker, through and through, WWE guy. Might be this big personality with the fans, might be this big personality with the media, might be this imposing character, but the documentary that for some godforsaken reason decided to humanize him, just, I, it's, it's something to watch. Like the way that he interacts with Vince specifically, something going to change everyone's opinion. Like if you haven't seen any of the people who are watching, check it out because it's going to change your opinion on The Undertaker forever. And uh, Sasha Banks is not The Undertaker at all. She knows what she wants and she knows that her interests go above the company interests, which honestly being, again, on paper, a contractor, not even an employee, that is exactly how that should be treated. Uh, And she's, you know, in her own right, is somewhere where she's appreciated, somewhere where she's getting paid enough money and somewhere where she gets maybe more creative freedom. So honestly, I do not get why some people are trying to make the, again, anti-hero out of her and trying to shame her for choosing her own career over WWE. She's definitely already at the level where she doesn't have to cling to WWE. So to me, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand. There's some, I, I do see some fans like, Oh, how could she, you know, the mouth that fed her, right? Like, how could you, you do that? But it's like, ah, I don't know. Like the world's different. That's, that's the, that's the world of wrestling. And now with all these different avenues, like why wouldn't you, uh, I do see, I agree with David. I do see her going back to WWE one day. And when you do the, you know, Sasha V Charlotte, or you know, one day we'll get the WrestleMania for horsewomen, four-way or tag match or something like it'll be a huge big moment but right now like yeah she's gonna she's gonna uh break barriers and do things that no no women have kind of done in wrestling so far with some of the stuff that is speculated just showing up at the the tokyo dome on the fourth could be could be awesome it could be huge and getting a lot new eyes to that product and stuff what what name will she go by though? Because there we were talking about what Sasha Monet or Mercedes Bernardo, like her like her shoot name. What you know, Sasha Banks sounds so cool. The boss. I don't know if you could necessarily use that. I mean, she did trademark those, the ones that you mentioned. So okay. surely mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those. <laughs> okay, so it has to be. No, but one of those. I, I feel like we're just as wrestling fans again. We're just so enclosed, so isolated in our information bubble, and with the whole animosity for like, oh, how could she leave the company that <laughs> gave her so much? I always like to again make an analogy to real life, normal jobs. Like, yeah. oh, you used to deliver for Domino's. How dare you work for Pizza Hut now? <laughs> insane this is no one would say that in their right mind it's just it's you know it's business as cold-hearted as it sounds but it is yeah on a brighter note before we move on what are the kind of dream matches you're wanting from sasha before uh in the next year while she's out of wwe i mean people are speculating that she could be um Soraya's partner for the yeah. tag match. With mm-hmm. Baker. I wouldn't say that's necessarily dream match grade, but that's definitely that's something that could be exciting. Um, I don't think she is going to appear 
And I do think that if it's not her, they should announce it before the show because people will just hate anyone who shows up instead of her. Yeah, and yeah. I do feel like with the whole walkout and with how much attention has been on Sasha, I feel like Trinity, Naomi got a little lost in the shuffle. Yeah. But I am so excited to see her somewhere. I'm excited to see her wrestle. She was one of my favorite women's wrestlers in WWE. And if she were to be um Soraya's partner that would be awesome I kind of didn't answer the question at all no but you're you're right like Naomi getting kind of lost I, I I see people speculating like hey maybe she'll just go back to WWE because you know being you know ties with the Usos and the whole bloodline that's kind of an easy like thing you could go to considering they don't have any like women in their crew yet and they you know that is a possibility that that could happen but um I don't know if she would like fault. Does she show up with Sasha at these, like at some of these events? Like you're going to see Naomi and Sasha Banks front row at uh, Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th, like the takeover spot or something. But she, she is someone who like before like the WWE, before she left with Sasha, she, she, she was someone who like was greatly improving. And I thought like some, since especially like obviously tagging with Sasha, but even like a year or so before that, I felt like, Naomi was going on another like level and completely finding herself and evolving as uh, not just a performer, but also like wrestling and like ability and matches and, and stuff like she was becoming a, a pretty prominent character I found so like her stock is still you know it's not it's not Sasha Banks but she's she, she's still coming back could be a pretty big deal if she just were to come back on her own. And on the one hand, it's beautiful how they've stuck together through this. Like they walked out together and they stayed together like they they're on this venture this new venture together yeah. i guess which has been really you know beautiful to watch but also on the other hand i really wouldn't want trinity to become sasha's shadow i mm. do think like you said she has a lot of value on her own as a performer and like i said i personally would really like to see her in aw i i think i'd way prefer that uh to sasha going to aw yeah, sure. i think i think trinity being soraya's partner i think that would be a surprise that people would like uh it would get the rumor mill circulating even more um but i i think she'd be a good fit there uh for sure um but and have sasha do her her new japan stuff i wouldn't mind sasha versus jamie hater that is definitely a match that yeah uh, it comes to mind but uh, one day one day well, oh. Zania, it's been oh, excuse me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love you. It's been lovely having you on here. Um thank you. Uh we'd love to have you on again. This was this was great. Absolutely. Um, yeah, please yeah. please uh, let the people know where they can like find you and and anything you want to plug, please tell tell the people cuz uh, this it was it was great to have you on and we would definitely like to have you on uh, again in the future because you brought uh, some excellent points to these subjects. You, you I don't think we could have toppled uh, some of those things without you today so thank you very much we really appreciate it yeah, thank you so much for having me this was so much fun and i can be found on youtube youtube.com slash that x-e-n-i-a that is and my ad on all the social media twitter instagram is also at that you can find my merch at um teespring I have all the links in all of my bios and all of my social media. I recently dropped some new merch and I've been in the process of slowly revamping the channel. Uh, the newest video is actually finally dropping next week and uh, the whole new design. I have a new trailer coming up. So a lot of exciting things, a lot of new formats, new 
level of quality to the channel. So subscribe because every subscriber matters and stay tuned. Excellent. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you very I, much. I just want to put you on the spot quickly because it is the end of the year and we're working frantically on our best of the year list. Do you have a favorite match of 2022? Oof, oh my God. I think I might be jump into something that's recent just because it's so fresh. But the double dog collar match, FTR with a Brisbane yeah. just now was so good that I can barely think of anything else. So let's make this my answer. <laughs> awesome pick. It's Great it's going to be up there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Hey, thank you so much. That was a blast. Thank you so much. Take Cheers. care. Nice to see you. Bye. All right. All right. Well, we're now going to move on to some AEW Dynamite. Uh, we had Winter is Coming this year, the third annual Winter is Coming from yes. Texas, main evented by MJF defending his AEW title and Diamond Ring against Ricky Starks. Yeah, uh, Winter is Coming. Winter has came. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, I, I thought also like the going into it before the, the big Ricky Starks promo like last week, I was like, OK, it's clearly just an MJF. Uh, win which obviously you know it is but i thought ricky delivered in that promo that it made me really want to watch the match but then i also thought that ricky stepped it up i think mjf in the past like two years has just become not only just the character but the wrestling has definitely been there and i thought these two who i imagine are probably pretty friendly in real life just got to go out there and and kind of really uh put on a pretty sweet main event match and like having some hope spots uh towards the end was was pretty funny i just uh whenever the commentary made it sound like mjf could lose the ring and the world, <laughs> and the world title but the, and the, world title. Lose the ring i was like ah do we need the ring thing really but uh i still really I enjoyed it but um yeah what'd you think of that match i i loved it i i'm a big fan of ricky starks i think the the goal of this match i think we all knew going into this there was no hope Ricky Starks of winning this. But if Ricky Starks could leave this match a bigger star than he came into it, it's achieved what it set out to achieve. And I absolutely think it did that. I think it made you excited. I saw so many people going, oh, these two need to be career rivals. You can you can run this back a year from now, two years from now. And I, I think that's great. And one day, Ricky Starks could have his number. Right. They protected him. They had the low blow finish. Um, but yeah, I... I think his promos, like his promo last week, his promo backstage this week were absolutely fantastic. And like MJF, I think he can back it up in the ring as well. Um, MJF for me, I, I've always loved his matches when he's against kind of people more like similar size to him and doing the, you know, the kind of actual like the wrestling, like with Darby, with Jungle Boy, with Ricky Starks here, with just the the grappling and his he he has like a real he always starts his match a real kind of old school way which i really like before it it breaks down and starts going into the you know more the craziness or the the brawling or the cheating or whatever um i i thought this was a really solid main event you you put it up against the last two years when you've had you know huge main eventers omega moxley you had danielson hangman last year this one on paper does look a lot weaker, but I, I thought it lived up to the billing. 
Yeah, I th- I thought the whole show was was pretty fun. I'm definitely invested in the uh, best of seven series with the elite. Uh, I'm a huge Kenny and Bucks Mark, but also the Death Triangle are some of my favorites. So again, could definitely watch this match over and over. Even when the bell rang, I'm like, okay, I've seen this match like four times now in the past few weeks. What the fuck could they possibly do to? up the ante and then i watched the match i'm like holy crap these guys are not human with some of the spots they come up with uh and then like the whole sports nba theme the round ball rock and stuff like them promoting it like like a sports series is is pretty uh funny to me and the way they're handling it is pretty great so can't wait and then we kind of suggested that the the gimmicks are coming into play because what there's a there's going to be a a no dq and then no DQ be- falls count anywhere, and then a ladder. Yeah, which we kind of assumed would be yeah that anyway. So yeah, I'm I'm fully strapped in for all of that. After that, though, I kind of hope we get maybe into some Kenny Omega singles seriousness because I am more than hyped for the Will Osprey match come Wrestle Kingdom, and I'm sure after watching that, we're going to be like, all right, like Omega, let's let's put you in. I'm not saying you know challenge MJF or anything, but get into some some blood feud with someone because I do enjoy his solo work and the Bucks is a tag team as well but maybe maybe keep him as a, a trio or for now I don't know but been loving that series um something else from the show what about- sorry can I can oh, I yeah, talk yeah. about the match yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah I I didn't like the match this week but I appreciate what it was doing um it was definitely the weakest of the four but I do like up to now each match is very different you you have the the just the blow away match at full gear. The second one is Chicago with the anti elite uh, vibe. Um, the the third one, what was the what was the gimmick? That one, uh, it's more hammer stuff. And then this one with with Nick Jackson's shoe. Like you can the the ankle. You you can definitely tell each match apart, which is it's good. And I I think moving forward now you've got the stipulations. It's gonna really add to it. Um, I could you see I'm trying to think what is the last match before the Tokyo Dome? Well no, so they're taking a break. I mean this is right. all, you know if the elite catch up kind Yeah of, yeah yeah. Uh, it, it there's a break because the the fourth is uh the Wednesday when when that match is happening so no. I I do feel maybe because it, I found it weird with Tony Schiavone going and if it goes to a seventh match which inevitably it's going to happen <laughs> it'll be a ladder match. I think maybe there'd be there could have been some way you could have had Osprey cost the elite one of these matches um, to kind of add something. I know it means flying Osprey over here, yeah. uh, but to add something going into that singles match, I, I do see Death Triangle ultimately taking this because I, I think Kenny does need to move more into singles and have Bucks more in the tag division uh, and really cement Death Triangle as these these champions, but. I've been I've been enjoying I've been enjoying it, but this was definitely a weaker one. But I'm sure no DQ this Wednesday is going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah, I mean, whoever wins this series is inevitably inevitably going to be fighting the House of Black. You would imagine, yeah, like that's the I would assume. Feud. So I mean, it, it goes either way. I would like to see either of those matches. So um, I, I think the Elite take it uh, now, just because then you could have right. them, have them lose to. House of Black. Uh, something else that was pretty funny from, or not funny, but pretty entertaining. Well, funny as well was the the whole action Andretti versus mm. Chris Jericho. Uh, so uh, 
by all means, someone I've never heard of, uh, unless you listen to Shot in the Dark or you watch AEW Dark, uh, Action Andretti, this young kid who was facing Chris Jericho in a match and uh, watching this match, I was totally getting into it. And as were the crowd, I mean, this crowd was more into this than pretty much anything else on this show. They were eating it up and then having this kid beat Chris Jericho clean live on TV was uh, a great uh, decision, I thought, and was just a, a whole like brand new like story we can go off into, but very, uh, very John Cena, Kurt Angle vibes here uh, for me. I love, I love this. Except Kurt Angle loses. Sorry, Kurt. A- yeah, sorry. Kurt, Kurt beat John, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was more one, two, three kid Scott Hall, like that kind of. Yeah, I guess so. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was great. Uh, like Jericho putting this guy over my. The one question is, how does Tony Khan follow up? I'll bring up again the likes of Miro, these big stars he actually has that he doesn't do anything with. Um, you would assume if if Jericho's putting this guy over, he's going to be pushing for this guy to, look, you better make something of this kid. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of weeks we're not seeing Action Andretti on TV that much. Um, I think they'll follow up with probably a promo or something this week. Um, but yeah, it's it's just the AEW booking that they have so many guys there. They've got so many big stars there um, that they just don't use. They forget they have. Where is a action and ready fitting into all this? But in the short term of just watching Dynamite and seeing this this fantastic match with this great upset, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna get a rematch, which you know Jericho is gonna give more tantrums and stuff like that. It's easily like a continued feud down the line, but it's easily like what happens after this. You would imagine that Jericho beats him and this guy just ends up being in the fucking Jericho appreciation lads or whatever mm. at this at this route. Uh, I find it a, a, a quick cut and move for Jericho, like instantly moving on to something else. I think it could be a fun uh, TV program going forward because I really loved it. And the crowd really helped it, man. They were so behind this guy from chanting jobber to him to then like just losing their shit when he beat Jericho. Uh, it it was pretty fun. Definitely gave me a, a like a good like dynamite moment uh, vibe. Uh, Is this going to be a another nine month feud for Jericho then? Yeah, feud for the next three years. That's what I'm saying. It's going to end with him joining him or something like that. Cause I do think they kind of messed up whatever was going on with Daniel Garcia and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, uh, I'm finally getting what I wanted, which was way less ring of honor. Like let's move away from ring of honor. Let's focus on this show and not Mm. every other champion and TV champion and pure this and all this like crap. Like let's, let's focus on that. Cause I was assuming Garcia was going to face Jericho for the title and get it from him. But like it now. seems like they're back on track with that though. Now they've got um, they've got Garcia shadowing Sammy, which definitely puts the focus back on Garcia and being yeah. kind of pissed off in this group that he's got to shadow his elder Sammy Guevara. So I do feel like that that backstage segment this week kind of gave me hope for Garcia um, that they they're clearly going forward with the storyline with him now, and it's it's probably starting with the Sammy feud before. Ultimately, you would hope it ends with the Jericho feud. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, Jericho just you feud with Jericho and you feud with him for the whole year. I just felt like this whole year was just that that BCC thing. I just want that to complete completely be over with. They said it would be over, and then I'm watching nope. Rampage and it's Moxley versus Guevara. It's never over. It's never over this shit. Yeah, it's the never ending story. Um, uh, what else was there on Dynamite? Oh, Jungle Hook is something I'm I'm definitely invested in. I wasn't quite sure why Hook got a huge reaction because he's like, where has this guy been for a while? So uh, kind of into that. Jung- I like how they're calling him Jungle Boy Jack Perry. They're definitely focusing on, yeah. on that kind of evolution of him. But I'm into him teaming with Hook for a little bit. Uh, Jungle. I, I mean, it's but keeping him busy until Christian's exactly like yeah ready again. Yeah, it's it is a bit of a shame because you've tried to break him out as a as a singles guy and now putting him back in a tag. I wonder if this is going to be a short-lived thing and go for like a little feud between these two. Mm. There I feel they're just trying to find ways to keep Jungle Boy busy, but Hook's been not doing a great deal recently. So if it means both of them are going to be featured a bit more. I can't say it's something that particularly excites me personally. It's it's like some good mid-card kind of stuff to keep these guys busy. So like, sure, I'm sure we can get some good matches out of it. Uh, I, I like Jungle Boy, so I'm definitely willing to give it a shot. But seeing them team up could be pretty good. Because Hook, yeah, I feel like Hook hasn't been wrestling a whole lot, at least like on Dynamite. So he, Dynamite really never was Hook's show. He was always no. the Rampage guy, but yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I really enjoyed Winter is Coming. I thought it had some 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 good stuff and kind of flew by. Um, it's it's kind of one of their good specials. Like you kind of know every mm. December, it's like that Winter is Coming show. Um, I do love uh, I do love Joe calling himself the King of Television because he's got essentially the two TV titles, right. and it feels like that is back on track now to Wardlow Joe, uh, which. Because yes. that 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 felt messy because they were going a certain way. It felt like going Wardlow Hobbs and then it was Wardlow Joe and then hi, I'm Juice Robinson. And so, so we're weird. back a bit more focused now and maybe potentially unify those titles, but I don't know. King of TV TK like likes this, belts. There's like the Ring of Honor thing is definitely phasing out for a little bit. Like I think he's taking the L and just doing the the streaming. What is it? The King of Roku is basically Joe here. Like Take the take the streaming stuff and do that and and cool, but the TNT title like should definitely be the focus. And yeah, go to Wardlow versus Joe like right away. Next week's show looks pretty stacked with Jamie Hader versus Sheeta, FTR and the Guns, and then uh, the the No DQ six man tag, which should be pretty crazy. So next week's show sounds pretty pretty great because uh, Sheeta and Hader, you know, will put on a pretty sweet match. So yeah, wait for that. And Dax wrestling with a broken ass. His ass looks bad from that from that spot, right? <laughs> oh yeah. man, his ass is beat, and he's going to face an ass boy. Both of them, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be wrestling uh, on the Tokyo Dome too. Not the match everyone kind of thought we were getting, but uh, still, it's Goto not- and Yoshihashi. Yeah, y- Yoshi. Pretty- yeah, Hashi. Yeah, yeah, should still be pretty good. So yeah, yeah. Well, sticking with AEW, there was a report that came out uh, earlier this week saying that they're going to be changing the look of AEW come January. Um, Yeah, AEW's kind of had this same look since it started. Um, So, yeah, thoughts on that? What would you like to see uh, moving forward? Yeah. Lots of paint splatter. 
Paint splatter on everything. More paint splatter. No, uh, I don't know. What are what are the looks? I know that they have, uh, you know, that, that oh, I'm blanking on his name, but the producer guy who's, who's coming in there, he, he's done years with WWE. So I'm imagining that maybe that's some, some of his ideas uh, coming in. But yeah, I, I don't know. What would you do to kind of change things up a bit? I know I love the tunnels, so don't get rid of the tunnels. I like the good guy tunnels and the bad guy tunnels. Um I like I like the fa- I don't know I I kind of like the look but I mean it's been three years so I guess changes. I, I'd like I I'd hope they'd start changing the look of pay per views and and maybe these these specials like Winter is Coming have it look different have it feel different. Um, obviously you're taping Rampage at the same time so there's only so much you can do to differentiate that. Um, maybe you know change the theme songs up a a bit change the graphics uh I, I think change is often good you you run the risk of just being a bit stale like wwe kind of does it every two three years they they do a little little revamp um i'm with you the the tunnels work the tunnels are cool um i mean the cody vader isn't really used anymore so it's maybe power lift now do away with that um Hobbs. oh it is it is it's Hobbs, isn't it power um but yeah I, i'm thinking maybe a new theme uh certainly a, a new theme for rampage wouldn't be a wouldn't be a bad idea i like i like both themes but like that always is an easy way to instantly like change things over like okay just have a new theme song and new graphics and stuff like i, I feel like maybe like they're going towards like this whole sports kind of theme like you know how like i feel like S- smackdown on fox kind of like makes it seem yep. a bit more like modern sports i feel like maybe if they go that route in aw they could they could get some get some cool stuff going. I like the colors and stuff that they use already, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I like the uh, maybe uh, the way they like light things, like the crowd or something. That could be uh, a change as well. But yeah, something they should change is their t-shirts because every time I, I want to, you know, support this show, I watch every week by week. I don't like a lot of their their stuff that they sell. Uh, like a lot of their shirts look so similar or just says the name of like what it is. And it's like, what happened yeah. to like creative, like mm. merchandising? Cause I find like they're definitely lacking and I'm sure they're making shit tons of money on it, but like, I'm looking at it like, ah, there's, there's so many different things that I'm not even a graphic designer that pop into my head. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Or why would you do that with that instead? But that's just nitpicking. And uh, and yeah, definitely better merch selection at the stands when you at go because it's so yeah. limited. Yeah, uh, Jake in the chat on. reminds us it's Mike Mansuri is the producer. Mike Mansuri, thank you, Jake. And Cool Gang Big B saying he's sick of that damn set. So definitely, uh, B Detroit is looking forward to a bit of a, a change there. Um, well, shall we move over to a bit of WWE? Yes. Well, on at the end of SmackDown this week, John Cena made a return via video. It was promoted that he's going to be on WWE via satellite, via satellite. <laughs> uh, but we set up; we were going to have this big, maybe uh, Sami Zayn becoming Sami Uso and being inducted uh, into the Bloodline. Uh, but Roman's still unsure about his friendship with KO. So uh, Heyman suggests that Roman and Sammy team to take on Owens and a partner of his choice. And uh, Cena basically reveals at the end that he hasn't wrestled this year. And it's it's Kevin Owens who's been on John Cena's cage match who's gone, huh, no Cena matches this year. Better text him and uh, follows up with 
peach emoji, Santa emoji, eggplant emoji. Uh, but yeah, um, that's a huge match taking place on the last SmackDown of the year. John Cena and Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Um, that's that's a massive match for for TV, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's crazy that John Cena hasn't wrestled this year. But I mean, if you watch anything else on TV, his voice is in like all these different commercials. I mean, he's filming things, TV, movies, all that stuff. So like the guy is definitely like moved past WWE. But I, I didn't realize he didn't wrestle this year. I was just like, oh, yeah, true. So mm. it's kind of a, a nice little cheat hack way to still get your your one match in of the year. But it, it's almost like. It, you could see it like, oh, it, let's just bring in John Cena. But at the same time, it totally works with what's going on with KO needing a partner to face Sammy and Roman. Like it, it's kind of perfect uh, in a it, with the history with like all four of them, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally in, into this. I, I I'm past the the like John Cena is like the legend status now, right? Like he comes yeah. in and all that stuff. But to have the match on like the SmackDown, you know, before the end of the year is a very smart move. And I'm sure a lot of people will tune in to watch that. I think it's very rare that WWE can promote a match that actually gets me excited because we see so much of rematches, the same thing over and over again, especially a random tag match. But this this sounds pretty big. I mean you got Roman and John Cena, who are just huge stars that without having to do anything, that is like a spectacle, you know, those two. But we also know, I think I think Kevin Owens brings out some of Roman's best work. I think they have very good chemistry. We've seen, granted, it was like 2015, but John Cena and Kevin Owens have great chemistry. Obviously, they're not wrestling against each other, but they've got good chemistry. And then Owens and Zayn, like need I say more like I I think it's going to be a really fun match and I'm seeing the jokes of USA Network going like all right what are we getting because do you remember there was that time a couple of years ago where I think Smackdown were like we're doing a Hell in a Cell match and USA were like what the fuck we're doing a Hell in a Cell match so I wonder what they get in return but I I think that's a, a pretty massive match and I'm uh, that that is one I will tune into I'm I like the sound of that a lot Raw will get Goldberg yeah <laughs> something like that yeah uh Cena coming back is pretty cool I imagine he wrestles at Wrestlemania it's in Hollywood uh easily I mean the match I think was rumored as Logan Paul but it, he's hurt so I don't know if he'd be uh ready to do that match in time by Wrestlemania but uh Cena versus Austin Theory could also be the the Wrestlemania match but there I, I see him wrestling uh on that on that show as well down the line but I don't see him wrestling anytime before that after this match no Cena Austin theory makes like it's not very attractive but it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. in a way uh especially with theory being the US champion right now like Cena being Mr America and all that um so you don't see Cena potentially in the rumble at all that would be a, a cool fun spot uh he would win it if he if that was well I mean that's how you could set up his opponent isn't it you could have him in the yeah. in the rumble and have whoever his mania matches uh take him out yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it's funny because for years we're like, oh, fuck John Cena, John exactly. Cena. And then he comes back and I'm like, oh, I've missed you. Yeah, come on, uh, come home. I, I'm feeling the same way. And it's also maybe that's why we're not watching him wrestle all the time. And now again, he's he's passed like he's he's legend status. So it's it's cool when he comes back and kind, kind of intertwine mm. with the with the storylines. And he definitely would fit in with the Roman bloodline stuff. Uh, and, and I know Kevin Owens son. Uh, 
biggest John Cena fan. So you, yeah. you know that this this kid's gonna his kid's gonna be watching that match with a huge smile on his face. Well, uh also on SmackDown this week, not only did we have like a re-debut of Cena, we had the debut of Uncle Howdy. I am a leprechaun. Yeah, I, I thought this was just the dude. I thought this was Warwick Davis in the leprechaun outfit. Uh, and I realized, no, it's probably Bo Dallas in a leprechaun outfit. This this uh, this is interesting. Remember when everyone was excited about Bray Wyatt coming back? <laughs> to get this, more I, of this. Yeah, I feel there was all that stuff on, on Twitter as well, like hyping this up. Like, you better, you better not miss Watch, SmackDown this don't week. Don't miss it. Because I, I assume the thing that people have been like theorizing, like, oh, is is Uncle Howdy actually just Bray, like one of his split personalities, and it's him in a different mask? So this week we kind of confirm, no, Uncle Howdy is a different person. But oh, it looks so ridiculous. And and you mentioned Leprechaun, but it not only is it the the hat and like the coat, but it's he comes out and he's like a Skipping Howdy Doody, like tips his hat. Yeah, it's. I know the uh, the grapple lads have uh, have said it reminds him of uh, them of Bo Selector, which was this UK comedy show where um, basically it was mocking all these celebrities, but they'd have these big like fake rubber masks of all the celebrities they're pretending to be, and it just looks like this is Bo Selector Barry Windham dressed as a leprechaun. Like it's it's so laughable, and it's such a it's such a shame because this this Bray thing has just died for me so quickly. Oh, yeah. And and like you you did it again. Like we were there at that SummerSlam when the Fiend came out and we we're like, oh boy, this is awesome. And then we had uh was it when did he debut this year? It was just recently, uh, Survivor Series, no? Or no. Uh it was the one before, Extreme whatever Rules whatever that was. Yeah. Extreme Rules or something. Yeah. Sure. Uh him coming out and being like, Oh, this is this is fantastic. And it was then interesting him kind of playing like this more normal person and then and then we're into all this howdy doody shit and yeah. la Knight's somehow involved which i like la Knight. i'm a fan of la Knight. it just feels a weird fit for this first feud as well yeah. um they're gonna have to really i mean they're, they're gonna have to wrestle soon you're gonna have to reveal who this guy is um but i i think the um I, I think they've really dropped the ball on this. Oh, yeah. I, I can't say I'm too interested anymore. But it, it it was pretty fucking funny to see. It was the tip of the hat that made me laugh the most. Because <laughs> if, if you, if you know, you listen to our podcast every St. Patrick's Day, we've been reviewing the Leprechaun movies. So uh, it was fresh in my head from those reviews a few months back where I'm like, this looks exactly like that character. So it instantly is not the way I thought it was going. I don't care at all. Actually, I think LA Knight has the most to gain from this now because everyone's just going, hey, at least he's good. So I, I see him coming out of this kind of unfazed, which was not the case with Seth Rollins and The Fiend a few years ago. So hopefully uh, this doesn't ruin LA Knight's thing. But so far, I, I don't care uh, about uh, any of this Bray Wyatt stuff whatsoever now. I thought he was going to come in here and wrestle. Uh, that hasn't been the case. He comes out and talks and stands there and his mm. family. Like, is this... Is this them doing the the thing where now we think it's someone else, but really it's just going to end up being Bray under the mask anyways? Like, is this just them tricking us? Or like a body Bo- double hocus yeah, pocus like, thing? Yeah, exactly. Or is it? Or is it Bo Dallas? Is it Alexa Bliss? Is it? You know, like 
I also just Bo I, makes sense, but I can't say I'm overly excited about seeing care. Bo either. Like yeah, I know I the family connection and stuff, but like Bo's wrestling has never lit the world on fire. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh well someone who's wrestling, in my opinion, does light the world on fire is Gunther, and who had a, a hell of a match on SmackDown this week against Ricochet. I don't know if you've had a chance to, yeah, to watch hey. that yet. Yeah, that match was awesome. I think Gun- anytime I've been watching SmackDown and Gunther has been on it, he has been just awesome. And, you know, watching him for the past few years, whether we watched him in NXT or on the indies and stuff, we all loved Walter. And look at him now. He's like, he's shining. Uh, I, I'm loving. I love that match with Ricochet. I love the match with Rey Mysterio a few weeks ago as well. Uh, I've just been mm. loving everything with with this character. I know we have the bloodline, Roman being the world champion, that whole thing. But Gunther with the IC title is like something we, we could only fantasy book in our video games a few years ago and we're watching it like unfold so there if i can if they're I can presenting just, him as yeah. he should be presented exactly. which sounds so obvious but we've watched this product for so long where they get it wrong you, you where they're like him. where you get a like a home run baby face like Sami Zayn in nxt and you're like oh no you're a bad guy it's we've seen them go wrong so many times, but they've treated Gunther so well. This icy run's been great. I I love the match with Ricochet. Yeah, and rumor has it WrestleMania will be Gunther versus Brock. Take all my money. I mean, that's crazy. the The rumor going is it's Brock that is the one who wants the match with Gunther, which Brock is usually the person who yes or knows the match with you. Mm. And I mean, in the past, he's definitely had some matches where you could tell he did not want to have that match. Uh, but fast forward, maybe Brock's a, a bit of a different guy now. But that is an obvious dream match scenario there where uh, you have these two like monsters, really. I mean, Brock is bigger. Brock is a lot bigger and a lot more jacked. Brock has muscles where we don't even have places on our bodies, but like Gunther has gotten in incredible shape and is still giant, but I could, I couldn't even imagine how that match would go down. Cause like you'd have Brock throwing him around. You'd have him getting chopped. I don't even know, but my, my, my interest for that match now is at 100%. Please book that. I hope this is, I just hope they break the mold with this one. You know, like we've seen, I, I think Brock can be, incredible i think he can still be a great wrestler i think his selling is very underrated i i think i I think he's very good but they've had this formula with him for so long now i remember we we went to a bar to watch great balls of fire all that time ago when it was brock versus joe which sounded awesome and then oh we're getting a brock match we're getting suplex 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 f5 one two three um, and a little hope spot in there at some point for Joe. I hope they completely break th- break this mold. I don't want to see a you know a, a barricade spot. I don't want to see spammed <laughs> finishers. I don't want to see all the tropes. I want these to be presented as equals two top heavyweights going at it, having a Gunther match rather than a Brock match. And if they do that, I think it could be something really special. Um, do you see? Gunther losing the IC title before then and it being a non-title or you see it for Brock going for a title he's never held before perhaps that's that's true that that is an angle that you could have right like Brock could come back and have a match and then the story could be like I came back and everyone's just talking about how this guy's on a run well like 
I could I could beat that guy and I've never held that title. So fuck it. Fight me. And that could that could easily be the story to set up for it. But um either way, like title or non-title, I think that match would be great. I would just hope so badly that Gunther goes over. <laughs> just because me that, too. Would, that would elevate his stock. It would so elevate like him next, so much. Next level, right? Um Brock is and would make him then a viable contender for say a Roman or whoever. Exactly. Brock, Brock is someone that's like, he is a mixed bag because yeah, I do think he's still got it in him. I think he is one of the best, but in, in certain matches, he's definitely like, let me down. And, and mm. like, it seems like sometimes it's like, they just do the formula Brock match. Like you said, suplexes, the spots in the, the, the crowd areas and stuff like, no, just go out there and actually wrestle and let Gunther chop you and you club him back. Like Brock is Brock is known for giving people receipts. So like, I would, I would full expect some some hard way blood in this match coming from their chests and their mouths and all sorts of yeah. stuff. But that is that is definite a great dream match. If they don't go that route, I don't know what other big match you could do for for Gunther for the IC title or or Bob. I think you could do Sheamus again and you could maybe give Sheamus the title at that point. Um I part of me wonders uh if because they're teasing Braun and Gunther, which I'm not a Braun guy, but Maybe Gunther could bring something out of him we haven't seen, but I wouldn't put it past them putting the IC title on Braun and having the whatever feud Gunther and uh, Brock is being not for a title. Because I don't know if Brock would be like, why am I wrestling for the IC title? I don't know. Yeah, um, there's a there's a few other routes. Like, hey, if if you know we're talking about Cena possibly wrestling for WrestleMania, I mean Cena versus Brock would be good. Cena versus Gunther would be good. There's there's a few different oper- like things that you could go that route. Uh, Brock versus anyone usually is pretty interesting, just because he's like this like you know once a year kind of wrestler right now. But there's there's a few different avenues. But I will praise WWE handling Gunther as a character that I am enjoying watching and you know us doing up next for a long time following um what what is what are their names now uh his his lackeys uh imperial giovanni vinci giovanni vinci and, and uh, uh ludwig kaiser yeah man i i love those guys and i'm i'm happy that they're finally on tv as well and while speaking of happy of seeing certain people on tv my heart just swells when i see legato Del Fantasma just killing it on SmackDown every week as well. Those guys are fantastic. So uh yeah. Uh yeah. loving loving some of the stuff SmackDown is doing. Uh not not so much uh Raw lately. Definitely still watching that via uh Twitter clips and post wrestling, but um SmackDown's had some pretty fun stuff. Yeah, Raw hasn't been so hot. I think it they're they're just waiting for Cody at this point. I think Cody will really give Raw a shot in the arm. Uh, but also someone who hasn't been around is Matt Riddle, who uh, reports stating that he's currently serving his second uh, wellness policy violation, which has him suspended for 60 days. But there seems to be kind of some conflicting talks because some are saying that he was uh, suspended and that's why the SummerSlam match was pushed back. But if I remember correctly, he was still on SummerSlam because he did that whole brawl thing with Seth. So, and there's also a kind of the, the dates they're saying he's scheduled to maybe come back doesn't really align with the 60 days. So I don't know if they've maybe changed the wellness policy and being like, hey, we're not going to have, because you fucked up, we're not going to ruin 
stories and that's why they did the SummerSlam angle or what. But uh, yeah, Matt Riddle apparently uh, suspended for 60 days and he kind of got given the, the Jeff Hardy ultimatum where it's you can either go to rehab or goodbye. And well, apparently he's he's kind of in rehab right now. Yeah, definitely uh, conflicting stuff. But I mean, the guy uh, has had uh, like, you know, personal stuff kind of aired out uh, a lot over the past year, especially. And uh, if if it's involving rehab and him getting like maybe possibly help for uh, addiction problems or something, then like I see that as definite uh, a positive. And I mean, being written off TV is is something we've seen for sure in a lot of wrestling. It's just, again, kind of interesting where I, I don't think I'm alone here where a lot of fans were like, oh, so like the guys who get popped for drugs or DUIs or that stuff is just another slap on the wrist and a fine. Whereas someone had their created content leaked that showed adult yeah. stuff that they are gone. So it's just kind yeah. of like, hmm. I guess the the boys are okay if you kind of look at it that way, but that's just one way of looking at it. But yeah, uh, I I don't know the the stuff behind it, but uh, I hope uh, everything is is cool in the camp of Matt Riddle, and eventually we do see him back. And if it is, you know, that sort of stuff that he it does uh, kind of get fixed. I mean, obviously his gimmick has been the the stoner stuff, but it's clearly not cannabis that is. No, I mean, no, it's yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it's been clear that they've kind of, they have sort of demoted him a bit in recent weeks since, since I mean, Randy left and RK Bro was like a, a great act, like one of the top acts at a time. Um, had that feud with Seth, which he did get a win over him in the the fight pit. But since then, he's been, you know, playing with bongos and kind of right back to just a, a very two-dimensional comedic stoner gimmick. I, I think the guy is very, very talented. Uh, I think he could be a, a major player in this company, but has had a lot of kind of like, well, obviously this this wellness violation, um, the stuff with his whole divorce and that being all messy. And then on top, just like, you know, having beefs with people like Brock, who was like, I ain't going to work with him. Goldberg, I ain't going to work with him. Like they're, it seems like hopefully this could be the a bit of a wake up call because I think all the potentials there with this guy and and it looks like he just needs to you know mature a little bit. Definitely uh, agree. I, I think since being you know a star on WWE TV Raw, like he's yeah he stepped up and kind of showed that he has been a character that's gotten over and gotten super popular. The stuff with Randy uh, especially. So uh, I hope uh, I hope it can all work out and uh, get it together if if that is if that is the case. But yeah. Uh, hoping to see him more because I could see him wrestling at WrestleMania. The big you need the Randy match. We need to eventually yeah. get to that split, and we need to get them back together. And I know Randy's out for a long time, so that is something we go to way, way down the line. Mm. But, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still just, I love, I, I love me some Matt Riddle, but I'm still so bitter as a fan of watching RVD all these years, and then WWE to officially put out a 420 smoke it Matt Riddle shirt. You know, you know, Rob was like, fuck sakes, guys. Like, really? But like times have times, changed. Times, times are different. Times, times are different. Are, yeah. You know, times have changed, definitely. But uh smoke me if you got him. And a final thing on today's show is uh Chris Jericho is is making a movie. Uh yeah. Uh he's recently starred in as Burke in the Terror in Terrifier 2. And well now he's gonna 
co-star with uh, Aisha, Isa, Stephen Ogg, Sarah Canning, Jonathan Cherry, and Michael Eklund in a horror comedy film about wrestling uh, called... Oh, I had this here. The the dark the dark match. The dark match. The dark match. Um, which is about a uh said to be about a small time wrestling company that finds itself in a whole lot of trouble with a cult leader after accepting a gig in a remote area. Uh and first question is what's with cults in wrestling? Lots of cults, lots of uh factions and spooky me- tattooed men and yeah uh jericho's been in like there was that what wrestlers versus zombies there's been so many like b-level like wrestling related horror movies but uh jericho was in terrifier it, with this cameo i have not watched it i have seen the clip because it's been t- posted on twitter and stuff i'm so behind i've not even seen terrifier one yet but i, I am mm-hmm. interested in watching it more so because i didn't know jericho was in it for a while but terrifier 2 was everywhere in the news when it came out because apparently it's like so gory and gruesome and stuff so I know it got popular and the fact Jericho's kind of in it is probably, he's probably like, Hey, I like this. So uh, him doing now his own movie, like, yeah, of course I'll, I'll check it out. I'm, I'm a Jericho fan and, and I think he's, he can be pretty funny, but pretty sure it's still going to be kind of a, a B level wrestling horror movie. I don't think it's like MJF is going to be in this movie. That's probably going to be like in theaters about the Von Erichs possibly yeah. or whatever, but this feels like, you know, a streaming service kind of, but this definitely sounds like one we will review down the line because wrestling a wrestling horror film come yeah. on yeah. Um, yeah definitely i was tempted to for the for the graphic for this one to use uh his appearance from django unchained but i i thought against it no it wasn't django unchained it was uh wasn't it django clerks clerks no clerks three or one of the jane silent bob reboot that's what it was oh, okay uh, okay J- uh, Django Unchained. I Who think am I thinking about in Django? Hill. I think it's Django. Oh Hill, yeah, okay. Who's the, who's the Klansman? I think you were. That's about. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah uh, I, I like I like when I like when my actors, uh, sorry, when my wrestlers get into movies and stuff like that. And Jericho has been doing that for for years. So it is funny of- how quickly after. I mean, I know the MJF Jericho feud is like dead and buried now, but how quickly after MJF getting this film and Jericho's like, well. I do movies first. I did them first. I, I'm doing one too. Bless him. Uh, uh, he'll maybe he'll get uh, an, an action Andretti uh, uh, cameo in this movie. Maybe, well, maybe maybe action Andretti's writing him off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Possibly he's got to film this movie. It's got to come out for Halloween time, right? Yeah. Well, that's all our topics today. Is there anything else, kind of, you have on your mind you want to talk about before we we bid you all adieu and say happy Sunday? Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about everything kind of going on. I really enjoyed Dynamite this week. I enjoyed some of the stuff from SmackDown. The Leprechaun made me laugh, as we say. Uh, I watched the, the the Vince thing we kind of talked about. The documentary, I'm waiting for a more new documentary. I want interviews. Like, I'm talking five, ten years in the future. I'm hoping we get some real, like, documentary interview stuff, not just kind of rehashes of other stuff but still enjoyed watching that uh because i i didn't I, I i learned some stuff like i didn't know vince was doing stuff with like evil knievel and stuff like that i thought mm. that was pretty interesting uh but this this week uh oh there was what else shibata's wrestling again that's also shibata special. tom lawler but again not in new japan right it's in yeah. a in a different promotion new japan Bizarre. won't have him wrestle 
Yeah, it's, pretty it's strange. Yeah, I'd say my interest right now is uh, going forward. I'm I'm looking forward to finally getting to Moxley versus Hangman whenever we get to that. And then the MJF Danielson feud is something I think uh, the Re- the Revolution pay per view I imagine would be would be that. But uh, as that's right a now- long. Do you, do you see them maybe having a first match in Seattle and oh, then right. January fourth, January fourth, and oh, then yeah, maybe yeah. and then do the rematch yeah. at Revolution because Revolution's in March. That's no, quite okay. a way away. No, you're absolutely right. I think the January 4th show should be MJF Danielson. Absolutely. Uh, but my my excitement right now is definitely uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I'm hoping maybe we could... I know it's at like 2... I don't even know. What time does it start Eastern? Like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Right. On, on Wednesday morning? So uh, it's definitely going to be one where I am going to stay up because the, the it to, to some people, it's a one-match show. But that one match, I think, uh, I think I'm not on my own island where a lot of people will be staying up in different time zones to to check it out is a big dream match coming coming so i'm excited i'm also you know the year is wrapping up and we're going to be doing a a show on our patreon called best match ever where the past few years we've been uh, we get a list we get our listeners to vote and then we vote and then we compile a top 10 and then we kind of go through them in a two-part episode so now's the time of year where it's fun going back and rewatching all this stuff. And I know you, you compiled this list that you tried to narrow down and I, I applaud you. Cause I don't know how you, cause you can't please everyone. Cause then we get people tweeting us and messaging us. Like you didn't, you didn't add enough. Why, why isn't this in there? Where's this? Where's this? Match? It, doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that that match is bad. If it's not in the list, it's just, it's this year has been so hard and yeah, weird. Not, I ended up being like, I can't get this down from 32 to 25. So it's the 32 match list um and go and vote we need your help we need to help compile this list so go to the facebook page go to the patreon page to yeah to cast go help votes. us because because there's a few i I'm, i might rewatch some tonight i know i got to rewatch sammy Zayn, johnny knoxville i have to rewatch uh anarchy in the arena um there's a few new japan ones i i caught up with this week that i i wasn't sure if i watched or not um I would recommend anyone out there who hasn't seen Jun Kasai versus Despi to go check that one out. It's on New Japan World. I've mentioned that one before. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's 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 the easy part of the year because mm. just you're just rewatching and cherry picking literally the best yeah. shit. So um, let us know what's uh, what's on your list. We will be joining John and Way for the best and worst of show uh, coming out later this this month or in, in a, a few weeks as well. So uh, we're going to be all over the place with all these other shows. So. Uh, be sure to follow us on all the social media stuff and hey five bucks a month patreon.com slash poison rana you can get access to the new show that just dropped home alone 2 with john pollock chatting all about yes home alone 2 lost in new york uh, but davey we also had a fun show this week i don't think we promoted the top five festive moments in wrestling enough because that was a fun show people should check yeah we've out. been getting really festive we we kind of watch as many festive moments in wrestling as we could a real deep dive and the two of us came together this was a bit easier than picking match of the year i think uh but we've come up with a top five our favorite like festive christmasy moments in wrestling that was a really fun show and a a really easy one to follow along with because most of these uh clips are on youtube they're all 
about like four minutes long. Uh, really fun. If you want to get into the festive spirit, go on and check out that one. Patreon.com slash Poison Rana. We talk all about tribute to the troops, Santa Claus getting hit by Alberto Del Rio, uh, Mean Street Posse Boiler Room, Santa Tajiri. We talk about it all. So that was mm. a, a really fun show. Uh, and also uh, another Christmas review of Rare Exports, uh, a Finnish Christmas movie. So all the Christmas stuff uh, we did this week uh, on the Patreon and, and it's only five bucks. You get all those shows, but plus access to everything in our back catalog of all the retro NXT reviews, pay-per-view reviews, movie reviews. Everything is on there. It's only five bucks. Give yourself a Christmas gift by subscribing to our Patreon for only five. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, because of just the way kind of the festivities falls this year, uh, this will be the last live Poison Rana of the year i know we've just got started but it's christmas next week sorry um but we will be releasing our christmas show uh in place so that'll be coming out next week and then the following week we're going to be kind of doing a special poison rana talking about all the biggest news stories of the year because 2022 has been fucking insane so we're gonna be going back right through january right to the end of the year talking about the big news stories and kind of how they've developed over the year and have some fun with that too. And then we'll be back to our regular time of 2 p.m. every Sunday come the new year. Yes. So follow all our socials, join that Facebook group if you haven't already, and listen to The Detox with myself and Jordan Goodman. It's on this feed. If you haven't checked it out already, it is just that. It's a checkout of reality where we talk about absolutely nothing and everything all in one. And last plug, if you like free stuff, a new show that's coming to our our, our feed here uh, on the free feed is a show called What Up Doe with B Detroit. And this week, I believe we're going to have our first episode. And I think B and John Ceno are going to have a little bit of a chat this week. So that'll be uh, coming out on this free feed as well. So looking forward to all the different content. So far, I've gotten a lot of sweet messages about the detox. It was just me and Jordan not talking a whole lot of wrestling and just shooting the shit. So uh, appreciate all the kind words. We appreciate all the likes, retweets, follows, subscribes, all that stuff. It helps us and uh, goes a long way. So thank you, everybody. Hope you're having some happy holidays and all that stuff. But the love is real. Our DMs are always open. At Poison Rana Pod. Get it. And obviously, we'll be back talking about wrestling this Tuesday on YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling as we cover this week's NXT in Up Next. Yes. So thank you, everybody. We love you so, so much. Hey, and thanks. We had a guest on today. Uh, Xenia was amazing. So she was, was awesome. Fantastic. We'd love to have her back at some point. Yes. Really go good follow, chat there. Go follow everything she does as well. We'll have the, the links up. Xenia our- did that. Yes, exactly. And yes, she did. So thank you, everybody. We love you. Oh, sorry. One more thing. I know Plug Central. Uh, But we have, we're we're not quite at the Super Chat status yet on YouTube, but we have set up a a tip structure. If you've liked what you've heard today and you do want to support us, it's in the description. Hit the link below. It's right at the bottom there. Um, And you you can leave a little tip to say Merry Christmas. Thank you. Well done, fuck off, whatever you want. So uh, go and check that out. All the money going forward in the next few months that is entered into the tip option, uh, after a while of it gaining some some traction, we're going to take all the money out. I'm going to turn it into, we don't have ones in Canada. I'm going to turn it into fives and live on a show, I'll make it rain on Davey. So everybody go hit that tip option. It's going to happen. All right.
I thought that was happening on Wednesday. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. That's it. That's all. Take care. (laughs) Goodbye and be safe. Ahoy!